Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Christchurch at Home, Christchurch Winchester's online service. Do get commenting. Say hello. The only way we know you're here is if you comment and just say hello from me. So it'd be great to know um, if you're watching. Also, a big hello if you're watching on the website or if you're watching this later on in the week. Um, some of you are busy on Sundays. We get it. Um, it's so great to have you with us um, this Sunday, this Sunday we're um, having the last of our sermons on um, our current series, Singing the Psalms. Um, we're looking at Psalms of Joy with Sue. Um, we're also going to hear a little bit of a sneak peek on what next week's sermon series, we're starting a new series called Dangerous Faith by Open Doors, and we'll have a sneak peek about what that looks like. We're also, very excitingly, moving to part live stream next week. So this is our last fully pre-recorded service, which feels a bit weird. Um, this will be the last time I'll have to film on my own to a camera at the gathering, but you will see me and Louise next week as we live stream from this place. The building has been alive and a hubbub with activity this week. Thank you to everyone who came and joined us for our uh, midweek service, 11 o'clock on Wednesday, and for morning prayer. I'm currently in the Simeon room. There are chairs distanced all the way around. Thank you for coming. Thank you for washing your hands and keeping your distance. It is all helpful in the reopening of our building. And the staff team have been in loads more this week, so do keep praying for us as we um, get to work and get visioning for what September will look like. We're going to um, go over now to John Gavine, who's going to talk to us a little bit about a project that him and Felicity and the eco team have been working on to try and help the local Swift population. Saying that, I do feel like I'm on the one show. Do you know what I mean when the one show just suddenly goes to a, to a little site? They kind of do this, they go... And now we're going to this person to talk about the Swift population. It's fun, isn't it? Let's go over to John now and let's see what they have got to say about how we're going to help the Swifts out using our tower. Hello, my name's John Gavin, and I want you to imagine we are in Christchurch at the six o'clock service. The sermon's just finished uh, and we're about to start the intercessory prayers. A silence descends on the congregation and that is suddenly interrupted by this. That's the sound of a screaming party of Swifts. And I want to take uh, three minutes to talk about them uh, and our church. We hear Swifts around the church because we have between uh, five and ten nest sites in the building uh, in which the Swifts breed. Uh, Swifts are often confused uh, with swallows and house martins, uh, and although they look similar uh, in flight, they are in fact a completely different species. They can't perch uh, or even support their own body weight uh, and move on land by crawling. This is because they have evolved to live their almost entire life in the air. A young swift will leave its nest uh, and fly continually for upwards of two years, sleeping, eating uh, and drinking in the air. They only land to nest and often return to near the place where they were reared. Because the young fly from the nest, the nest sites uh, need to be a considerable distance off the ground. Uh, and this makes church towers especially attractive to them, and that explains why we have them here. Uh, like many birds, uh, swifts are in decline. 
They've evolved to be entirely dependent on human habitation for nest sites uh, and rely on the gaps uh, in our roofs uh, and on the fascia boards to nest. Uh, however, modern building practices, which often have plastic fascia boards, have robbed them of their usual nest sites and have contributed to this decline. But there is hope. Uh, they readily adapt to man-made nest boxes uh, and as part of the remedial work on the church tower we plan to put a number of nest boxes in the bell tower to encourage young swifts to breed. Because we have several breeding pairs uh, here already uh, we should have a number of young returning to look for nest sites around the church and so would hope that uh, in time swifts will find them and use them. It's my hope that if the boxes do become occupied, we can put a camera in one and then we can watch them uh, as well as hear them. Although possibly not during the intercessory prayers. Uh, the Christian faith describes our relationship with the natural world as one of stewardship. Uh, and I guess that means we aren't to exploit or misuse the natural world. Uh, but I don't think we're really meant to leave it just to do its own thing. Uh, we've been given responsibility to care and manage our world uh, and f for me uh, our relationship with Swifts is a microcosm of that wider stewardship relationship. Swifts have become entirely dependent on us to breed and survive uh, and we can support that adaptation by providing nest sites uh, here in the church uh, and helping to contribute to the survival of this uh, remarkable uh, bird. Amazing, thank you John. Um, and if you need to ask somebody about what the difference is between a swift and a swallow and all of them, don't ask me. No idea. They all flap. Uh, welcome if you just joined us to Christchurch at Home, our online service this week. It's so great to have you with us as we examine the Psalms of joy. It's going to be loads of fun today. Um, we've looked at loads of different Psalms, Psalms of confidence and repentance and brokenness. And here we are finishing with let everything that has breath praise the Lord, a Psalm of joy, a Psalm of praise. Why not comment now something that you... Um, want to praise God for, something that you're joyful about, something that you want to say thank you to God for. Let's flood these comments with um, all the beautiful things that God has given us. I've been really grateful to see so many people um, this week because we've, things feel like they're kind of slowly easing a bit as we've had people in the building and the staff team have been a bit, in a bit more. It's been really, really lovely. Um, so I'm really happy about that because you know me, mega, mega extrovert. We would also love you to share this video with your friends. You can start a watch party, which lets them know that you're watching, or you can just share the video. You can also share it as a message. So why not text a friend who you know hasn't been to church in a while and say, oh, do you know church is starting this week? Why don't you join us? It would be really great to have as many people watching as possible. As I said earlier, today's um, service is the last in our Singing the Psalms series, and we're going to actually hear from Open Doors next week and through the summer using their dangerous faith material, um, looking at the Book of Acts um, and exploring kind of the persecuted church through that. It's going to be really, really good. Um, we're going to hear a thank you later on from Open Doors, um, who would love to thank us for a donation we've made recently to their um, appeal for the persecuted church. But we're now going to hear from Brian about some donations we've made um, to Kaleway and Kisoro, to our partner church and diocese. Um, 
how we funded them while they've been struggling through the coronavirus stuff. We heard uh, from Rachel Matese last week, um, or the week before last, wow, time is flying, um, and we've made some donations and um, Brian would love to feed those thanks from Bishop Cranmer and, and the team over there from them. We're also then going to hear from Charlotte, who's going to tell us a little bit about her time in Africa um, and how um, that spirit of joy has taught her to be joyful. As part of our World Mission Giving, we've recently received thanks and some gifts that we've just sent. Bishop Cranmer, in his prayer request a few weeks back, mentioned that clergy there were struggling because they weren't getting paid with no services and therefore no collections, therefore no income. So, working with two of the other churches in the deanery, we've recently sent a gift of £900 to Kosoro for use in the diocese as emergency cover. Again, as we mentioned in the prayer letter the other week, the teachers in Kalewe, though the schools closed, are still getting their living expenses and so we've had a thank you from them for the funds that we've sent to cover their li the living expenses for the teachers at the school. And then also we have brought, we usually give to Church Mission Society later in the year, but we have brought that forward and have given, sent them recently a gift for £1,500, which they have sent their thanks for. Those of you that know me well will know that Uganda is a country incredibly close to my heart. And so it was great to hear from Brian just then about how we as a church have been able to give a financial gift at this time to our friends in Kalewe and in Kasoro. I have been so privileged over the last few years to be able to travel to Uganda on numerous occasions. Although I have to say that my feet are beginning to get a little bit itchy as the last time I was there was back in 2018 with a group of our wonderful young people who we took to Kasoro to learn about discipleship alongside Ugandan young people. And so my feet are definitely telling me that it's about time I got myself back there. Every time I go to Uganda, I am struck by different things. God teaches me so much. Uh, each time I go. But there are always a few things that get me every time, each trip that I make. And the first of those is the beauty of the country, particularly down in Kasoro in the southwest, uh, which is a place I have a particular love for as I spent a year living and teaching there back in 2012. It's stunningly beautiful. It sits at the base of the Virunga Mountains, the, at the bottom of Mount Mahabura. Uh, and the mountain range stretches from Rwanda all the way into the DRC. And on a really clear day from my house at the top of the hill, I'd be able to see all of the mountains in that range. And it was stunning. I think I'd even go as far to say as uh, Uganda is, is, I think, the most beautiful place that I have been to. It's stunning. If ever there was a place that screamed of God's glory and of his beauty, it's Kasoro, it's Uganda. And that for me is echoed as well in the beauty of the people. There is so much joy in that country. You walk down the street and there's people singing and chatting and dancing. And I've learned so much about joy uh, not being dependent on circumstances. 
so often uh, my friends in Uganda have very little in comparison to what I have here in the UK and yet their joy is incredible every time. And alongside that, uh, their generous hospitality is also something that blows me away every time, that teaches me so much about God's goodness. Um, people with very little in their houses and very little in their pockets will welcome me into their homes, whether I know them or not, and will offer me their best bananas, their best mandazi, and their best cup of tea. And they will welcome me as a stranger. They will welcome me as a friend. And that for me just tells me so much about God's character and God's generosity to us. And so as we look today at the Psalms of Joy, I'm reminded of my times in Uganda. I'm reminded of the beauty. I'm reminded of the way that the mountains sing the praises of God. I'm reminded of the generous hospitality of the people there and I'm reminded of their unfailing joy which is never for them dependent on their circumstances. Thank you Brian and thank you Charlotte it's so great to hear about our brothers and sisters in Christ across the sea. Um, welcome if you've just joined us we've just watched a video from Brian and Charlotte all about some gifts we've given um, to help the coronavirus appeals in um, Kisoro and Kalewe and from Charlotte about how um, her time in Uganda really helped teach her about joy. The main bulk of our service today is all about Psalms of Joy. We're finishing off our series. I asked you earlier on to comment down below. I say down below, it's usually like there, somewhere. I think it's that way. Hopefully I'm pointing in the right direction. Um, something that's made you really joyful this week, something that's really lifted your spirits. Um, we had our midweek service this week and it was so lovely to see so many people in the building, obviously two metres apart, obviously washing their hands furiously. Um, but it was so nice to be able to gather together for a service of the word. That is continuing through the summer. Do come along, do join us, um, both for the service of the word and for morning prayer. It would be really great to um, see people come in. If you want to join us for that service with the word, do sign up on the website. But online church is still happening on Sundays. Our lockdown live worship is still happening on Sunday evening. So do join us later on for that. I was about to say, do join us for our online services. You're here now, you've smashed it, you've done it. Well done, everybody. You got out of bed, you made your breakfast and you're here. You might still be in bed, you might still be having your breakfast, but you know what? You're here and that's all that matters and God is gonna meet with you here today. And we're going to hand over to Sarah Jane now, who's going to lead us um, into our service. Thank you, Sarah Jane. Hello, everyone. My name is Sarah Jane, and I'd like to welcome you all to Christchurch at home and to our service online. And a very warm welcome to those who may be joining us for the first time. So thank you all for enabling us to be generous in giving to people who are in desperate need of help. And I'm sure that the money we've given and our prayers will be a lifeline for people. And you may have noticed that the church is open for private prayer. And on Wednesday, there was an actual service in church. Just to remind you that it starts at 11 a.m. Um, and it'd be great if you would like to come along. So today in our service, 
we have come to the final psalm in our series. So over the, over the past few weeks, we have looked at how we can be confident in God, about our need for repentance before the Lord, but that there is so much to be grateful for. And we can also call out to God in the honesty of our brokenness. And this week, we're going to be looking at Psalm 150, which is a psalm of praise and joy. And Sue will be speaking about that later. I'm just going to start our service by reading a part of the psalm, Psalm 89. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever and you established your faithfulness in heaven itself. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you as we are and wherever we are. Help us by your spirit to worship you because of your surpassing greatness and gracious mercy. Show us your immeasurable love as seen in Christ and fill us with the joy of your presence this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. We're now going to praise God in our singing for his surpassing greatness. So please stand if you'd like to, and whatever our situations, let our hearts sing.
pursued God in what we do. It's so important that we take this time of confession to ask for forgiveness for those things so that we can be made right with God. In a moment we're going to be singing a hymn which is all about confessing before God and asking for his forgiveness. And so for our time of confession today I'm going to read through some of the words from that hymn. As I do, why don't you ask for God's forgiveness and know that you are forgiven and made new in him. Dear Lord and Father of mankind, forgive our foolish ways. Reclothe us in our rightful mind. In purer lives thy service find. In deeper reverence, praise. Drop thy still dews of quietness till all our striving cease. Take from our souls the strain and stress and let our ordered lives confess the beauty of thy peace. Breathe through the heat of our desire, thy coolness and thy balm. Let sense be dumb, let flesh retire. Speak through the earthquake, wind and fire, O still small voice of calm. Amen.
reading from Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to go into my brain, I hope, and I'm going to share with you, with my trusted assistant, my lovely boy, Henry, and we're going to look at some things together that bring us joy. So in order to get from here in this blue screen to my brain, we need to do something together. So what we're going to do is we're going to use our hands and we're gonna clap down from three, and on three, we're gonna be teleported into my brain, and you're gonna see if there's anything going on in there. Okay, got it? Great. So, on three, let's go. One, two, three, and clap. It worked. We're in, we're in my mind. Gosh. Ooh. Ooh, there's some weird things there. I wonder what that is. Maybe that was my first ever thought. Didn't have many more after that. Anyway, we've done it. We've gone into my mind. And now, if we clap our hands again, together on three, we can start to see some of those moments of joy that I enjoy continually. You ready? So all together now, on three. One, two, three, clap! Wow, so we're in the jungle now, aren't we, Henry? What can we see? Can we see anything behind here? Oh, do you think there might be a lion? Oh, what does Daddy not like? 
Lions. No, not like lions, but I really don't like snakes. <gasps> Someone say snakes. Daddy not like snakes, does he? I like a monkey. I like monkeys. So we love, uh, we love the outdoors, don't we? Like we love seeing creatures like monkeys. What's your favourite animal? Um, monkey. Monkey, yeah. So I don't know about you at home, but we really like spending time out in God's creation, out in nature. That God has made for us, don't we? Yeah. So we go and see before the lions come and the snakes. Shall we go and clap our hands and see what else brings us joy this morning? Ready? Should we count down? Give me a number. Four, five, four, three. Do this at home. Two, one, go! Hello. So we are now in another place in my mind that brings me joy, and it is on a bus. Can you see anyone behind us, Henry? No. No, this bus is just for us. And why do you think Daddy likes buses? What do they do? Yeah. They clap. No, it's because they take us places. And I like adventures. Adventures with God, and adventures with friends, and adventures with my family. And for me, a bus is a thing that takes us together somewhere where we may not have gone on our own. So for me, a bus is a place of joy. You like buses too, don't you? Yeah. Yeah? Right, should we clap our hands and see where else my mind's going to take us? Can you count down for us? Five. Four. Five. Okay, five. Four. four three, three. Two. Three. One. Clap. So here we are, we have popped into the house of Bart Simpson, who once famously said this, I didn't go to church today, and I've had the best day of my life. Now, I know you'll agree with me that that's shocking, because perhaps Bart is missing out on one thing. When we gather together, we should leave feeling more joyful. We should leave feeling like we've encountered the risen Christ, Jesus, and we should leave feeling more hopeful of his love for our world. And that makes us feel joyful, it makes us feel good in here, because we know that our destination is with Jesus for eternity, where there will be no pain, where there will be no hurt, but where there will be love, because we will be with the creator of love and his son, Jesus. So I'm in Bart's house, but I'm not quite sure he got this one right. It's a great show. I love it. So if you want to join me now, we're going to carry on in our service of praise and enjoy the joy that God gives us in Jesus. Amen. Good morning, everyone. We've come to the end of our series on the Psalms. And uh, we're ending with this beautiful, short and simple, but uh, profound song of praise. And it's a great way to finish the series. And you'll see uh, why as I go on. It's also a great psalm for me uh, to speak on because this time last week, I was picking up my son, Sam, from the airport. He'd been away for six months 
so it was a most joyful reunion, as you can imagine. I was full of joy. And that's often the case with joy, isn't it? It's something that happens to us after a time of waiting. It's often to do with fulfilment or accomplishment. If you think about the joy of a successful job interview or an exam or the joy of a reunion or even the joy of a cake well baked or a meal well prepared, it often comes after something. And that is the sort of joy that is being expressed in this psalm. The psalmist is exhorting us and the whole of creation to praise God. And it seems as though all the psalms have been pointing to this climax. It's as though there has been a crescendo of praise building throughout these songs. If you flick through the psalms, they are like a book of songs of praise. And uh, the beginning of Psalm 144, 145, 146, 147, 148, 149, 150, they all start with this great hallelujah, praise the Lord. So what the psalmist is saying is that we must all praise God. We must praise God everywhere in the heavens and in the earth. We must praise him in his temple, in our homes, in our workplaces. And we must praise him for everything, for all the wonders that he has done, all the marvellous works that we know are his. And we must praise him in every way, praise him with uh, singing, praise him with playing instruments, whatever instruments you like, Praise him with the way that we live. Praise him with the way that we work. Praise him with what we do with our leisure time. Praise him with what we do with our money and our gifts. Because the psalmist knows that everything and everyone is designed to praise God. That is our destiny, if you like. Praise and worship is what we were meant for. It's our purpose in life. And that's a great thing to remember, isn't it? Sometimes we can get anxious about what are we doing? Am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing more of something or less of something? It's good to remind ourselves that we are here in order to praise God. Many of you will know the statement from the Westminster Catechism that says, the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Our destiny is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. It's interesting, isn't it, to think about the fact that what God is looking for is not ultimately obedience, but it is adoration. That we are meant not just to obey God, but to adore him. And adoration is a wonderful thing. It's a thing full of pleasure. It might be interesting to uh, ask ourselves in our small groups about how I enjoy God. Do I enjoy God? So what this psalm gives us is a picture of that final destiny. The psalmist is describing the new heavens and the new earth. All is perfect because everyone and everything is glorifying God fully and 
therefore enjoying him forever. It's what the psalmist is looking forward to. It is the whole of creation doing the right thing in the right way, in the right place. The other day I saw a little puppy being exactly like a puppy is supposed to be, running around, chasing his tail, chewing the lead, having fun. And he was a picture for me of um, joyful praise. And we get that, don't we? We get that same feeling when we see a beautiful sunset or children giggling and playing together. It is as, as if God has created us for that praise. So that is where we are heading. If we think of ourselves as part of a big story, the story of God, if this story was a book, the final chapter would be entitled Joy. And that's why it's so appropriate to end this series on the Psalms with this Psalm, because joyful praise is our destination. Brueggemann, that uh, theologian we mentioned, Walter Brueggemann, describes this as one of the Psalms of new orientation. It puts us back on the right track, as it were, points us to where we are heading, which is joy. But we are not there yet, are we? We do not yet live in that place of praise. We live in a world that is not caught up in praise to God, but rather praises things that will not last or will never satisfy. More often than not, we're surrounded by people who do not yet know the God that they were meant to praise. Last week, we were talking about brokenness and pain and how we live with pain, how we have to learn to mourn well when loss happens. And I think the interesting thing about joy is that it is often mixed in with pain. Joy and pain sometimes go hand in hand. Uh, in my experience, they can be almost entwined. And the joy that we're talking about doesn't deny pain or ignore pain. Rather, it sees through pain to a good God. Because we often confuse joy with happiness and the two are very different. Happiness is a fleeting thing, it's a feeling and it often doesn't last. It just happens, you can't really make it happen, uh, whatever um, self-help books say that you can. But joy is different. Joy is a gift from God. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so it is a gift that we can receive. Jesus, of course, is the one who has won that joy for us. In Hebrews 12, it says, let us consider him, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, because Jesus um, saw the cross for the joy set before him. He endured the cross. He saw the joy set before him and went through the cross. He knew his calling was to go to the cross and there he won for us that joyful communion with the Father that he, of course, enjoys. So it's not ours to produce or to try really hard to generate within ourselves. Rather, it's Jesus' gift to us. But I do believe we can 
help cultivate joy, if you like. We can help joy grow in our lives because joy is a byproduct, it's a result, if you like, of praise, of a heart turned towards God in adoration. And Psalm 1 gives us a really good picture of what this looks like. Psalm 1 is like the bookend of this great book of hymns, of songs. And Psalm 1 talks about someone who chooses to uh, delight in the law of God. It talks about someone who chooses to meditate on God's word, to learn to keep in step with God's spirit and not to be uh, taken away by the prevailing culture around them. It's somebody who uh, is a picture of joy and flourishing. So to be like that, to be people of joy, we need to be people of faith. We need to believe that God's word is true, that his promises stand. We need to uh, see that he is the one who that we can trust in. Faith and trust and belief all come from the same word. And uh, we sang earlier, didn't we? In simple trust, like theirs who heard the gracious calling of the Lord. It's that simple trust that helps us become people of faith. Theologians talk about living the future today. It's as though we must live what we believe to be the future today. We need to be the answer to the prayer that we pray every day. Your kingdom come here now on earth as it is in that place where there is complete praise and glory. I do believe that we are going into probably more troubled waters. Uh, lockdown was hard probably for lots of us, but I think that the next few weeks and months might also prove uh, to be difficult. There might be more loss, more uncertainty, more distress. So what a calling we have as people of faith to be people of joy. Not people who are blindly optimistic or just have a stiff upper lip or people who deny what's going on or people who are just superficially jolly, but rather people who have a deep sense of knowing where we are going, of knowing that however bad this life may become, Joy always wins in the end. The final chapter is joy. And isn't that the most attractive thing? Won't that attract people around us? Joy, of course, is contagious. Laughter is, is catching. And so I pray that we would be the people of joy that God has called us to be in the coming weeks. Amen. Praise you.
praise you when I'm grieving. Praise you every season of the storm. If we could see how much you're worth, your high, your might, your endless love, then surely we would never cease to praise. to say the words in bold. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. We believe in God the Father, who created all things 
for by his will they were created and have their being. We believe in God the Son who was slain, for with his blood he purchased us for God, from every tribe and language, from every people and nation. We believe in God the Holy Spirit, the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, even so come, Lord Jesus. Amen. In Luke 18, verse 1, Jesus told a parable to his disciples to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And it follows that if we don't pray, we'll be much more likely to give up. So on that basis, let us now pray together. Father God, we thank you for your blessings, for your goodness, for your care to us, for us, and all that you've given us over this difficult time. We thank you for all the blessings that many people have been to us, cared for us and visited us. We thank you for all the things that have come into our lives through this time, which wouldn't have come otherwise. But we do pray for our world, a world full of uncertainty, a world full of fear, a world where people are wondering what's going to happen next, a place where people are thinking, are all the old things ever going to come back? In that environment, Lord, we pray that people will turn to God for his peace, for the certainty he brings, for a future that has purpose and life to it. May there be a great time where many will turn to Christ and follow him. And we do pray for all those who are providing help and encouragement for our lives. We thank you for our healthcare workers. It's easy to let them drift out of our consciousness for the many weeks they've been working hard. For those in social care, health care, for those in homes who are looking after people, pray for both the residents and the staff in those places. And many people, just a, a great army of people who are just doing good deeds all around the place. We thank you for every single one of them. We pray for our leaders, local and national, with decisions to be made. We pray that you'll make, help them to make them wisely and that those decisions will be clearly communicated for everyone to understand. Lord, give people wisdom under stress, dealing with a, a new situation. They need all the wisdom they can find. We pray for our scientists working hard to understand this virus and lead them, we pray, to good solutions, things which will bring benefit to people and help us understand what this virus is about and how it can be stopped. But we do pray for our church, decisions that need to be made. We pray for the leaders, for Simon, for all those who have to make decisions day by day, week by week. Give them wisdom again as they make them. Give the staff team uh, the ability again to keep going um, with many, many new situations that they face. We pray for our children for all the groups that would normally meet in this church here. Pray for the children who are trying to keep going with Jesus without the close fellowship contact that they would love to have. Just watch over them, we pray. Pray for our seniors, for sages, any who are lonely and who are shut in. Lord, watch over them, we pray. And may there be a way that they can find fellowship as well. In that way, we thank you for the life of Anne Bennett. Thank you for all that she meant to us here and comfort her family at this difficult time and as they go to a service together to remember Anne and all that she brought to this place and to many other people. 
And for all of us, Lord, as we deal with all that's changing, that has changed, keep us looking to the unchangeable, the loving God who cares us, cares for us, knows us, watches over us, and has promised that he will never leave us or forsake us. And we commit ourselves to him in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Summer is coming, whatever the weather is like. And as we approach the end of term, we want to remind you that we're starting to open up the church over the summer. You can come for morning prayer uh, at 9am Mondays to Thursdays. It's open to everyone who wishes to join us in the Simeon room. We'll be operating the two metre social distancing rule in the room. But if you want to keep uh, meeting with us online, then you can do that as well. But if you're coming to the building, please let us know by booking on www.ccwinch.org.uk forward slash diary. We're also opening up a service on Wednesday at 11 o'clock. It's a short service with liturgy and prayers and there are many people who joined us for that this week. Again there's as much social distancing and hand washing in place as you could hope for. Let us know again that you're coming www.ccwinch.org.uk forward slash diary. Christchurch at Home will continue at 10 o'clock online and from next week we're going to be experimenting with more live elements in the service including live worship as we prepare over the summer to open up the church further in the autumn. We have a thank you from Open Doors that we would like to share. I'm Emma, I'm part of the team at Open Doors and I want to say a massive thank you to you guys at Christchurch Winchester for standing alongside those most persecuted for following Jesus. Thank you for your recent gift to the ministry and work of Open Doors. At Open Doors, we estimate that there are 260 million Christians who face high or extreme levels of persecution for their faith. Put another way, that's one in eight Christians globally who are persecuted. And as you watch this as a Christian today, you are the other seven. We're part of that stat. We're involved. The Bible tells us quite clearly that we're part of God's family we're part of the body of Christ and you know when the foot is kicked the mouth speaks and we get to be the mouth here in the United Kingdom we get to speak up thank you for being a, a community of faith that is speaking up that's standing alongside that's standing shoulder to shoulder with those who are suffering for following Jesus our vision at Open Doors is that we believe that no persecuted Christian should suffer alone and so thank you for making that possible thank you for helping us to reach as many as we can right now over the last few weeks and months we've all been experiencing isolation haven't we um it's been a common experience the world over but as social distancing measures and restrictions ease for us here in the united kingdom spare a thought for the thousands the millions of christians around the world in places like india bangladesh syria north korea could go on where, where isolation and restriction, lockdown is going to continue. And it's been really tough. They were already living in situations of poverty, persecution, then hit by a third P, the pandemic. Very simply, lockdown has been really brutal on many Christian communities around the world. Very often, Christians are the last in line to get government aid and support. We've been seeing that our teams on the ground are reporting that time and time again. So the gift that you have given 
will really go a long way in helping to actually provide emergency relief to a number of Christian families where COVID-19 has hit really, really hard. Maybe go on the Open Doors website and read the current stories of hardship, but also, also in the midst of that, there are some incredible stories of hope and stories of Christian communities bravely living generous lives, wanting to actually love their neighbour, love their enemies as well. In one situation, Open Doors team in Sri Lanka helped a church to actually provide for about 100 families in their community. And it turned out actually that a number in that community had, had persecuted, had beaten members of the church. And yet here they were during COVID-19 receiving aid and support and, and love in action from the church community. And Pastor Sheenas from that church has, has commented just about the, the change that's come over that village, the change in relationship, because Christians have loved their neighbours, have loved their enemy, have lived generous lives during this season. So there's so many stories of that and your prayers, your support really make that possible. So a big thank you from me. Thank you from the Open Doors team. Um, we, we're going to be praying for you guys as well as you adapt continually in this season of lockdown and as things begin to ease as well. God bless you guys. We're excited to be following a new sermon series over the summer from Open Doors on how the book of Acts calls us to be courageous and bold. It's called Dangerous Faith and we have a short introduction to it. Life does go dark for every one of us at some point and that's when we need the faith of others to carry us. We were not meant to bear our burdens alone. Now persecuted Christians know all about those dark times and they've proved God's power and love in overcoming the darkness. So if we can listen to their stories, we get the strength to face the dark and see the loving face of God. When I was a student, there was a famous preacher that came to our church and he went up into the pulpit carrying a very large Bible and put it down on the lectern with a great big thump and he said the last year I've gone through this book and I've cut out all the verses to do with the poor and then he held it up and he opened it and of course it fell in tatters and then he said this is the Western Bible we've cut out all the references to the poor and we no longer have a Bible that works and I was thinking about that, made a big impact on me. I wonder if we've done the same with suffering. Have we gone through the book, the Bible, and cut out the references, the verses, to do with persecution, to do with suffering? And that would be a great shame if we have, because life does go dark for each of us at some point. And that's when we need God the most. And actually, that's when we can listen to the persecuted the most, because their testimony is that they have found God to be faithful, powerful, meaningful, and strong in those times of darkness. Summer's often the time for changes. Sadly, we are uh, losing Michael Wetherill from the staff. 
this summer. So this is his last Sunday with us. Michael has been serving in the uh, youth area and in students with students as well. Uh, he's done an amazing job. He's been hugely faithful and has uh, pretty much led the Pathfinder team over the last year. So some of the Pathfinders wanted to send him a message. I will miss Michael very much. I love the way he can explain such complex things about the Bible in such an easy way to understand. Hey Michael, it's so so sad to see you go but you've been such an integral part of my um, Christchurch Winchester journey. You've been so supportive, so encouraging, you've always been there to chat and it's been so amazing to get to know you. I wish you all the best and we'll miss you. Hey Michael, uh, you've been a legend over the recent year and I've really really connected with God and how you've helped me. I wish you all the best in your later journey with God. Yeah, and um Michael. Thanks for everything. We'll miss you. Bye. Bye. Hey Michael. So sad to hear that you're leaving Christchurch. I have been so blessed to know you as a friend for the last three years. You are going to go on and do such incredible things and I wish you all the best in the future. Lots of love. Bye. Thank you Michael for being an awesome Pathfinder leader. We'll miss you so much and thank you so much for coming on Lay the Tag with us. so much for all you've given to the church this year. Your energy and honesty is just so infectious. I love how you came onto the Afterlife podcast every week and said, so I wasn't there, but it sounds like a great session. And God has a plan. Don't worry, you are going to be doing amazing things, even if you don't know exactly what it is yet. So yeah, thank you for everything. We love you loads. Bye. No, <laughs> bye. Hi Michael, I just wanted to wish you well for what is to come in the future. I can't wait to see where God places you and I'm just super excited for the journey that is to come. Hi Michael, thanks for being such a great Pathfinders leader. I'll miss you. Good luck. Hi Michael, uh, this is basically just a message to say thank you for all the hard work that you've put in at Christchurch this year. I hope you had a great time doing it and uh, I've really enjoyed like learning under you and hopefully... Uh, Wherever you go next, uh, you continue to do the good work that you're doing. God bless. Michael, we're so sad to see you go, but thank you for all the laughs over the past few years. I will never forget us trying to get over that gate to get to the beach at the church weekend away, when actually it would have been far easier and probably far quicker just to walk around the side instead of parkouring over a gate. Yeah, I just want to say thank you for um, being willing to make fun of me to mess around, um, but also for um, being a sounding board um, and yeah, being someone that you can always trust to have a fresh perspective. Um, so yeah, we're really going to miss you next year. I want to say, if you've reached this point in the video and you're crying, I think you owe me a Mackie's. Thanks! Hopefully Michael will still be around in Winchester after the summer, but we're going to see how that goes. It's also the end of another incredible era for youth ministry. Abby and Ben Sharp 
have been serving in download for over 10 years. It's been a remarkable period of service. They have been incredibly faithful serving in the uh, download group on both Thursdays and Sundays. They've come away on weekends and weeks away with us. They've often been the uh, go-to medical people. They've spent hours in A&Es in uh, Bath. They've been incredibly faithful to several generations of people moving through download. Uh, But as they start a new stage of life, um, we're going to be saying goodbye to them for at least a season from download. But we wanted to thank you hugely for the work that you've done and uh, thank you for the blessing that you've been. Let me pray for both Michael and for Abby and Ben as they step down uh, from youth leadership. Father God, we thank you so much for the commitment of so many people to serve the young people and the children at Christ Church. Lord, we pray for Michael that you would prepare a new way for him to go forward. We pray for Abby and Ben too as they start... Um, uh, as they as they go on to serve you uh, in different places and as they look forward to the birth of their child. Lord, we ask that your blessing would be on them as a family. Uh, Lord, may they all continue to serve you for the glory of your name. Amen. Yeah.
joining us this morning and thank you to the staff team for doing such a great job of connecting us all together while we're at home. And now as we close this service and look forward to the week to come, let's pray this blessing over ourselves and all those we know. May the Lord fill us all with his joy this week. May we each hear the music of heaven being sung over us. May we sense the dancing in the heavenlies as we move to the rhythm of Holy Spirit. May our lasting joy be found in him as we grow to trust him evermore. May his presence and power be our strength in the week ahead. May our every breath be in praise of God. And may his grace and beauty be evident in our words and actions this week. Amen. Please do get ready to come back in about five minutes for the Q&A with Sue and Michael this week. See you back here in about five.